welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. This episode, I'm going to be talking about expectations. Expectations. And while expectations, I think everybody has them, and I think we have a right to have a certain amount of expectations uh, of other people and other things, they can also lead to they can lead to a lot of resentments. So we've got to be really careful. Um, one of the things, the first things I learned in, in recovery is to watch for expectations. And uh, the, the more I heard it, the more it was explained to me, the more I understood why. So first of all, what are expectations? Our expectations, they are beliefs that come from a person's thought process when examining evidence. So they come from our thought process you know, uh, when we look back on, on evidence, you know, what's the evidence showing us? Why should we have expectations? Well, a simple answer or a simple example would be, you know, we, we look in the eastern sky in the morning and we see it turning, you know, all shades of pink and light orange and, and the, that powder blue. And, and you're seeing that, that, that color of the sky, we're expecting, we expect because of the evidence presented to us, the sun is coming up. We always see those colors prior to the sun comes up. Once the sun comes up above the horizon, a lot of those colors will tend to disappear. But prior to it, we see all those colors. <clears throat> so we naturally expect that the sun is coming up. That's a, that's a natural expectation. That's one of those expectations that I think we can look at look at and say, yeah, that, you know, I, I do expect that to happen every day. It's been happening for eons and eons, so why shouldn't I expect it? The only way it wouldn't happen is if there was some kind of catastrophic, uh, you know, un, you know, uh, happening here on the earth where the sun was destroyed. That was a fact. We would all be destroyed, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so that that's basically what, what that's saying. Now our expectations can be big or they can be small. Um, so, you know, small expectation one is like the sun coming up. That I mean that essentially. That is a small expectation because it's been happening for so long. Um, I tell, if I was to tell my kids to clean their room before I got home from work, before mom got home from work, our kids are all grown, but as an example, then I would expect that room to be clean um, by the time myself or, or, or mom got home in the evening time. You know, those are kind of the small expectations we can look at. Big expectations would be, you know, I'm, I'm gonna big, not only big but unrealistic expectations would be one like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna win the lotto this week. I just I just got that feeling somebody, you know, I, I just heard that voice in my that I'm gonna win the lotto this week. Well, that's a huge expectation. I mean, you know, it's one in millions that you're gonna win, and you, you, you they say you're 
you're you're more likely to get hit by lightning than you are to win the the, um, the lotto. So that's a pretty big expectation. And for the most part, somebody's going to win it. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's almost an unrealistic expectation. We have to remember also that expectations based on human assumptions uh, because usually we have an expectation with the assumption that when we just bring it right back into the, the humanness which is what I like to do when we bring it right back to that the expectations right are based on assumptions and what does an assumption do it makes an ass out of you and me I mean it's been said for years and it's exactly what it can do so we're assuming, expecting that someone, if we do A, somebody's going to do B, right? And what that can lead to and cause is a lot of a lot of big trouble. Now, when I talk about trouble, we got to understand that trouble doesn't mean that something is wrong. I read this in Dr. Alan Berger's book, um, and it actually was I can't remember who who it was that said it, but he he, he had paraphrased it in his his book the. 12 Essentials of Emotional Sobriety. Trouble doesn't mean that something's wrong. It means that something is missing. Something's missing. So, wh wh what am I talking about there? Okay. And I'm not, I'm not if we look at the assumption, this kind of, it's all ties in where an example of that would be this. We, you know, we've, Sends our, we send our, our children off to school, and we expect them to do good in school. We expect them to behave in school. But for some reason, little Johnny keeps on getting in trouble. Okay, now remember, trouble doesn't mean something's wrong. All right. So instead of saying, well, John, little Johnny got in trouble, well, what's the missing piece? Why is he getting in trouble? That's the question. Why is he getting in trouble? What's missing in his life that's causing him to, to get in trouble all the time? Is, is something missing between him and his parents? Most likely it is. You know, the gratification, uh, mom and dad, you know, affirming him on a daily basis. Uh, is he being bullied, you know, by dad? Is he being bullied by a brother? Nobody wants to hear him. Nobody wants to let him talk about it. And so he's missing something. There's a missing component to his life where he goes to school and he starts getting in trouble and possibly even even bullying kids. And you think speak about the bully, if a kid is bullying kids, why is he bullying kids? Again, is he being bullied by his dad? Is he being bullied by his brother, by his cousin? Is he bullied at home and therefore he goes to school and he takes out his frustration by bullying others? Because we have to remember that everything that happens, everything that we do in our life is all learned behavior. Kids just don't grow up naturally being bullies. So then, if we look at a marriage that's in trouble, but now remember, it doesn't mean that something's that, that that anything's wrong. A marriage is in trouble, and there's a lot of marriages that have been in trouble lately. It doesn't mean that nothing's wrong. It means something is missing from that marriage. What is that marriage? What's missing from that marriage? And mine and my wife's experience over the last several years working with couples is this communication most marriages do not know how to communicate with each other in a healthy manner and 
it's it's like we believe that it's probably one of the number one reasons uh, marriages fail is because of poor communication or lack of communication, either one. So trouble doesn't mean anything's wrong. Trouble means there's something missing, so we have to find out what that missing part is. If we can't find what the missing piece is, it's like when we're working with people, we can't get to the root of the issue in your life, then we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to solve your your, your issue. Because anything that's above the, the you know above the ground that's connected to that root is nothing but a symptom. And communication is a perfect example because it, the 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 symptoms of that is what we see. The root of it is is poor communication. How many people were taught how to really sit down and listen to each other without judgment? I mean, when, when I say listen, I mean listen and really, really hear what that other person is saying. So we have to look at, at these things. Well, he's my husband or my wife. I expect them to know what I'm thinking. How many marriages are out there like that? I expect them to know what I would like to have for dinner. Well, don't they, we've been married long enough, don't they know this stuff by now? Well, yeah, they probably do, but at that moment in time, you know, you might be expecting, you know, dinner at Ruth Chris, right? And and you, you're saying, let's just go out to dinner, and, and your, your partner, your spouse takes you out to dinner to McDonald's. You see the expectation where it can be broken really bad? If you can't communicate to your to your partner in a way, hey, I'd like to go out to dinner tonight. Okay, honey, what would you like? I don't care. Take me wherever you want. Oh, that's that's not a, that's open ended. No, you know what I really like to do? I like to go somewhere and have a nice dinner with just you and I. We sit down. You know, maybe Ruth Chris, maybe maybe the Cheesecake Factory, maybe um, sushi somewhere. But be more specific because we're expecting our spouses and our partners all the time to know exactly what we want at every minute of the day. That's a big assumption that's going to set us up for a huge resentment. Okay? So then when the question becomes, should we have, should we have expectations? And like I said earlier, I think there's certain expectations that, yeah, that we all have. I was talking with a really good friend. We were, we were over in Maui this last week and we're having dinner with somebody. And I was talking about this with her and... and but, but expectations are almost natural. And I think that's correct. They are almost natural. And I think it's okay to have certain kinds of expectations. But we have to be careful. If we do have expectations, it can set us up for a fall. Because even, even if we go based on past behavior with somebody that's always been a person of their word, eventually that person is going to let us down. So... If we go into a situation with an expectation that somebody's going to do something that they say they're going to do, right? That they've they've held their word forever and ever in the past. Well, remember that we're human, and so that person is bound at some point in time to let you down. And then, and if he does, then it comes time to go to that person and say, "Hey." I thought we talked about this and I thought that you were going to do that. I had expectations of you because you've always been a person of your word. 
there might be a really good reason why that person couldn't complete the task that he told you he was going to do. But then, then there's a, then there's the expectations of people that have a track record of not not holding their word. And I've got myself in trouble with this. I, I'm a person that holds my word. And if I can't, even if I say I'll do it, and then something comes along and I can't do it, I'm going to make sure I'll let you know and say, hey, man, something came up. It's not going to happen. And that's what I expect. <laughs> expect is, 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 is big, but that's what I w- would hope. Let me put it to you that way. I would hope that people would do to me if they, if they had made a promise to me to complete something and then something came up and they just couldn't do it. That's life. I understand that. But then there's those people that just, it's consistently, yes, 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 and nothing gets done. And those are the people that I, I get myself in trouble with. Why? Because I'm expecting that maybe this time, or I'm hoping maybe that this time will be different. Now, where does that stem from? And, and I should, this is a lesson I learned and I should have, I, I can't believe that I keep falling into this trap, but when I was dealing with my mother, the toxicity in her life that she would bring into all my, you know, my family's life got so bad to where um, I just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, every time I opened a letter from her, every time she would, you know, send me a message or whatever, it just sent me into a shame spiral. I mean, deep. She was very toxic and knew exactly how to tear me apart. She would do it. Now, I understand my mom was very broken herself, so I want to say that right up front. So it wasn't, it's all she knew. So it come to a point where my therapist had told me, that's it, don't, don't be looking at no more letters. Let Kathy open the letters, my wife. Don't answer no more phone calls. Don't listen to any more messages. None of that. Let your wife deal with it all. Just let her listen to it. Let her tell you what she thinks. And it came to a point to where she wanted to make reconciliation with me because I'd forgiven her, made my amends to her, right? And and I, I knew, I got to the point where I knew if, if I if I called her, what to expect. So I just was told by my my mentors and my therapists just just let it go. But every time I get one of those letters, what was I hoping for? I was hoping that maybe this time she would be different. Maybe this time she would really want to reconcile. And even when she said she wanted to reconcile, I let my therapist set it up. Had a th- you know, she was my third party safe person. And it got down to the point where my therapist called me up and says. We're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Your mom is blaming you for everything, so you cannot. I'm not gonna allow you to be put in that situation again. She doesn't want to take responsibility for any of the abuse that she did to you. She says you caused. You were at the root of a lot of it. So, okay. So you would think I would learn that people. Some people just can't change. They don't have the ability to change. Well, I've fallen into that trap and as much as recently as the last maybe four months. And even when I've walked into these situations where I have right up front, before I even go into the discussion that I'm going to have about what's like, what, what I'm looking at ahead, asking the person, are you 100% in on this project? All in. 
I, I need to know that before anything. Are you good with this? Is this what you want to bring into the church? Is this I 100%? It is or it isn't. It's up to you. Yes, it is. And it was an expectation that I didn't that I walked into with no caution, even though I had gone in with the pretext of saying, "Hey, I need to know up front." So my expectations are, are death. They could be death to a lot of people. When I walked into um, recovery rooms, right? Like I mentioned earlier, one of the first things that they talked about is you got to be careful of your expectations. Be careful of your expectations. Be careful of your expectations. And what they said was expectations are resentments under construction. And for people in recovery, whether it's alcohol, drugs, codependency, overeating, gambling, whatever it is, whatever you're in there for, resentments only feed the addiction. Or the affliction. That's what they're good for. It's just more fuel on the fire for whatever your, whatever your addiction or affliction is. So we have to be really careful of expectations. And it, it's hard because you want to you believe people. I, I want to believe people. I want to believe when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And for the most part, I've learned that it's probably 50-50. Some are going to do it. Some are going to let you down. And, and it's, again, don't take it personally. So there's the other lesson in here is you can't take things personally. And if they let you down, we have to look at ourselves. What, 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 what did I go into this, this whole deal with? Why was I expecting this from him? Was I expecting too much? too much from him or her. Should I even expected this based on past behavior? So we have to, a lot of times remember, what's our side of the street look like in this? What was our part in, in whatever this the, the, the expectation that got let down was? It's really important that we look at all of this. It's not just the other person. It's like, well, I put myself in the position. I knew better. Even though I went in at a different approach, I still knew better. I've always had really high expectations, and not only of myself, but of others. Right. Really high expectations of myself, unrealistic expectations of myself. And therefore, because I had high expectations of myself, I transferred those high expectations onto other people, which is not the right thing to do. It's, it's all about trust. Expectations is all about trust. It comes down to it. So we got to be, every step, everything we do when we get in recovery, especially early recovery, we're working really hard on protecting our emotional sobriety through all this. Because we don't want our emotional sobriety to get to the point to where it's going to lead us to drink again. Or lead us to use again, or lead us to go to go to the strip club again, or lead us to go back down to the down to the gambling hall or the casino, right? Or lead us to go gorge ourselves on food. I mean, we have to be really careful. And even at that, people that let us down don't have the power to to make us do any of that. 
it's a choice that we have to make today. It's a, it's a choice that we ne- literally we make on a daily basis. You know, it's it's things happen during the day. And sometimes sitting with your emotions and feelings because you had expectations of somebody and they let you down. That's hard to do. What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? How come they don't want to do this for me? I see them do it for everybody else. Why aren't they doing it for me? That has nothing to do with you. Don't take it personally. If somebody gives you a promise on an expectation that, that you have of them and they don't come through, that has nothing to do with you. Maybe they don't believe in their self. Maybe they just want those people that want to say yes to everybody. The high expectations I had on a lot of people, just like I said earlier, kept feeding my addiction. And it wasn't a good thing. Because once I dove into my addiction, once I started drinking, I couldn't quit. So, and then what would happen is, it, as 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 the resentments had built up over time, and I wouldn't say nothing about them, it get to a certain point to where, when I drank, it came out sideways, and it wasn't good. To what, what I would tell people, not at all, not at all. So I worked really hard, really hard. Today, I'm not having these expectations. I, I'm, I'm a human being. I, I trip. I still do have them now and then. Just is what it is. I can still have those high expectations of myself and of others. I, I think it's, it's, it's natural. And so, again, it's... If we've been having these kind of expectations all of our life, it's, they're not going to go away overnight. And we've been taking things personally all of our life. It's not going to go away overnight. I, I want you to think about this. Because what, what, what Kathy and I see in the, in the recovery and when we're working with our couples and stuff is this, is that they, um, they want instant gratification. They want instant fix. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. So a couple of different things. Number one, right, watch a baby. Right? They don't just stand up and walk. It's a process. Right? First, they got to learn how to roll over from their back onto their tummy. How many times do they, we'll, we'll use the word fail as much as I used to hate it, but just for general terms, how many times do they fail as they try to roll over on their tummy? Do they quit? They keep going. They keep pushing through it. And then it goes from getting on their tummy to crawling on their belly scooting across the floor on her belly. And then from there it goes to they gotta learn to get up from their belly. They gotta learn to get up on their hands and knees and they gotta learn to crawl that way. And then they'll walk then they'll eventually get over to the couch or they get over to the to the uh, to the, the coffee table and they'll figure out how to climb their way up there. They might fall, but they'll get back up and they'll do it again. They'll do it again until they get it right. And then they start walking, holding on to the coffee table or the couch, and they walk around it real slow. They might fall doing it, but what do they do? They get right back up and they do it again. And then they might take one or two steps from the from the coffee table to the couch. Right? They might be holding on to, to something, but they get 
that that down, they might fall there too. And then maybe mom or dad will take their hand and they'll just hold them by by the finger and they'll let them start walking that way. And again, they'll, they'll fall, but they keep getting back up. And then finally they're walking on their own and they're falling on their face. They're falling all over the place. But do they do they cry? Do they quit? No, they keep on they keep on going. They keep on going. They don't they never quit. Tripping, falling is part of our journey. We're not gonna we're not gonna learn anything in life unless we trip and fall. Everything that we go through in life is a lesson. If we look at it that way, then we're going to be a lot better people in the long run. What am I learning from? It doesn't matter what it is. What am I learning from this situation? It could be good, bad. I learned not what to do. I learned what to do. One of a guy, one of my employers that I worked for for ten years, running crews for him and building his business. He he treated treated me and his crew and and his all of his employees terribly, a lot of false promises, and I swore I would never ever treat my employees that way when I had a business, and I didn't. I'm just one hundred percent opposite of what he did. I swore I'd never be the be the father that my stepfather was, and I wasn't. I could have been and come close, but I wasn't. Because I didn't want to be that person. That's not how you be a father. Everything is a lesson. Now, actually, I do believe to a certain extent, too, that it is the inherent nature of of, of, a, of humans to let other people down. Why? Because a lot of people don't know how to say no. A lot of people don't know how to say their truth. A lot of people will rather tell you yes when they mean no. Or what they would rather tell you is what they think you want to hear Versus what you really want to hear, which is truth. Don't ever, I'm a kind of person, I don't care what it is, tell me. Good, bad, or indifferent. I, I want to know. Don't beat around the bush. Come to me straightforward and tell me what's going on. So that way I at least have a chance to rectify it. Right? Or say, okay, I'll go, I'll have to figure out another route to go. But don't ever tell me what you think I want to hear, because the only thing I want to hear is absolute truth. All of it. And I think that's where a lot of people are. We're so afraid to say no to people for fear of rejection. Now, I got to, we, we look a lot at um, Adam and Eve, right, in the garden on the tree of life, right? And Adam's told, this whole this whole garden's yours. The only thing you can't eat out of is the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the middle. It's the only tree you can't eat out of. Every other thing is yours. Right. Now, <clears throat> he's being tempted. Now, 
Eve didn't know about this because Eve wasn't even around. Eve told Adam. Now, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that Adam had told Eve we can't eat from the tree. It doesn't say that, 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 I, that I know of. So, he's being tempted by the serpent. Where was Adam? Now, Adam knew we can't eat from this just fruit. Adam was standing right there with her. So why didn't Adam? Why didn't Adam tell Eve, hey, look at beautiful. That's not for us. He's lying to you. That's not what God said. God said we can't eat the fruit of this tree. Don't eat it. But, 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 believe me, I'm here to protect you. I don't want to see you get hurt. I don't want either one of us to be. But no, Adam didn't, Adam didn't say that. Adam let her eat the fruit. And in fact, he ate it. So the question is, why, again, these are assumptions. It's just funny when I've talked about this. Another pastor hit me help randomly about this a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the same thing, that, why didn't Adam say, hey, no? Possibly because he was afraid of, of how Eve was going to feel about him or think about him. Maybe Eve, because it, it, it was his partner and he needed her in his life and maybe he was afraid she, she was going to abandon him. I, I, I don't know. But it's just funny when you look at that Adam and Eve situation in the garden, there's a lot tied into it. Control and everything else. So I believe that a lot of this, our issues start with Adam and Eve. So then, then, I, then I started going to church again after 38 years. And, and in church, you hear this, have big expectations, have big expectations. What do you mean? Wait a minute. I've been told for the last six, seven years, no expectations. you got to watch your expectations. We've got to have big expectations. So which is it? No expectations or big expectations? Somebody help me out here because now I'm really confused. And I don't just take a person's word for it. I want to know why things are, are going to kind of be this way. <clears throat> so when I got my when I asked for clarification, I got it. And what I was told is this, and it makes perfect sense, is that don't have big expectations of man. Be really careful with your expectations of mankind because, like I said, they don't want to let you down but have high expectations of God. Because he, he, his, um, his words are always true. And he, he never lies. Now, this could be tricky. Real tricky. Because there are a lot of people out there who say his words aren't true because I pray for this and I pray for that. Nothing ever happened. I, I hear it all the time. I mean... I, it, it's sad some of the things you hear about, well, I pray for this and it didn't happen, so therefore I don't believe in God, blah, 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 blah. Well, we have to be really careful. We have to be careful what we ask for. I, I, I can tell you this, is that God's worked several miracles in my life. A couple near-death experiences. One so much so that I, sh I, I died and came back. So he does work miracles. And there's no doubt about it. 
But we really, really, really got to be careful what we ask for. Be, for myself, I understand now. I, I didn't before. I could never understand why I was being abused. But Genesis 50, 20 answered that question. What man meant for harm, God meant for good. He brought to this place to save the lives of, of many men. And God didn't do it to me. Man did it to me because of the free will. And we can have the debate, well, God gave man free will. Why didn't he step in? You can debate ten ways to the moon and back, and I'm still going to stand true on what I believe and what I know. So he has a plan for each of our lives. And sometimes he, you know, it's like, I've been in the worst of situations, you know, with my back turned on God. It's like, please get me out of this, I promise you. He got me out of it. So the big the big thing is when it comes to expectations of God's of God, not God's, of God, what are we asking for in our prayers? What are we asking for in our prayers? Are we asking to win the, the lottery? Are we asking for a certain football team to win? Are we asking for, you know, brand new Ferrari when our means to support don't even come close to that? What are we asking for? Or are we asking for something that's going to serve, serve others and God? Now, I think anything that comes along our life when we're doing the work for God is is a, is a blessing. This this friend that we met over in Maui, she always dreamt that she wanted to live in Maui as, as ever since she was a little girl, and you know she didn't really dwell on it. It just she was over there for vacation not too long ago, and something some doors opened up that she wasn't even expecting. Matter of fact, she didn't even want to she didn't even want to look for a job, but somebody suggested a job opening and now she's living her dream life that's where she's at she loves it over there but it's because that was God's plan for her it was God's will not hers yes she wanted it but it was God's will for her life so when we when we pray what are we praying for I mean are, are we praying to get a job that's going to better you know, put us in a better position financially, put us in a better position to to support our family. You know, what's, I guess the, 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 the bottom line is this. What is the motive for what you are praying for? That's what God wants to know. What is the motive? If you, if you could pray and say, God, I want A, B, C, and D, and here's why I, I want that. More importantly, I need it. And it's going to help me serve your kingdom in the long run. He knows your heart, so you can't, you know, you can say whatever you want. He knows your heart. So, yeah, we can expect God to do big things in our life. But be careful what you're, what you're looking for. Because all things, all things are possible with God if it's His will. There's a really important part that we learn while... Step back one minute. The other thing that we want to remember is this. this is it's always God's will, not mine. 
okay? And maybe what you're praying for, God's got for you, but it's God's timing, not my timing. I might, you know, I might not be ready for it. There's a lot that comes with, with every time we, we're put in a higher position. There's a lot that we have to learn before we get to that higher position. I, you know, if I, my foundation, if it would have gone like I wanted to go, and I still want it to go, but, you know, when I first opened it 10 years ago, it would have been a flat disaster. Because there's just too much to learn. So... God wants me doing what I'm doing, and the rest will happen in his time, not my time. I'm doing the footwork. I have to do the footwork, but it's his timing that's going to pull it all off for us. So <clears throat> something that we learn you know, in our prayers, now in AA, and I want you to remember this, that Alcoholics Anonymous is the godfather of every single program out there. And the 12 steps that were written by Bill and Bob are the original steps. And those steps were divinely written and based on biblical pr pr principles. The program is based on the book of James. And if you don't believe me, you can read the book by Dick B. called The James Club. The book of James, 1 Corinthians 13. And its philosophy is the Sermon on the Mount. So the recovery program is very biblical, very biblical. And it's based on God, Yahweh, God the Father. So I want you to understand that. And so when when one of the things that we learn in our prayers in AA, there's some real simple prayers, but at the end of every prayer, it's, Thy will be done, not mine. Amen. Thy will be done, not mine. Thy will be done, not mine. And I think we forget about that. And I'm, I don't think, I know we forget about that in, in prayers. Because, and where is that at biblically, if, if, you're, if you're asking? It's, it's found in Matthew. When Jesus is in the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the day before he's crucified, where he says, where he says, I got it here somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I want to read you this after scripture. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus is at in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, God, please take this cup from me. I don't want to be crucified. But nevertheless, if it's, if it's your will, not my will. In other words, thy will be done, not mine, Father. So if Jesus is praying for that, and praying that way, don't you think maybe we should pray the same way? Or are we better than Jesus? Real simple. Thy will be done, not mine. That changes the whole tune of a prayer. And, and I know, I know this that when it comes to stuff that's gonna benefit us spiritually and benefit others spiritually, almost every time God will answer the prayer. So when it comes to unrealistic expectations and and 
let's say unrealistic um, goals that we might have because you know goals there's a lot of expectations when we set goals for myself I've learned not to have these unrealistic ex expectations or goals right? and I have to be really careful and I, I think that I think that a lot of goals unlike expectations can be accomplished if they're if they're realistic and I just want to end, end with this little this part here about the goals and and our expectations of those because they can also be a setup that we have these put these too high expectations on ourselves or we put these goals with no plan out there for ourselves it can also lead to a lot of resentments it can lead to a lot of bitterness of ourselves Oh, see, I know, I knew I couldn't do it. Here I go again. I'm always going to be a failure. Nothing's ever going to work out. Just like the old man told me, I'm nothing but but a failure. I'm never going to amount to nothing. You're an idiot. Whatever, whatever, whatever those voices are that are in your head. We have. I've had to learn how to not feed them. And it probably behoove a lot of you not to feed them either. So, <clears throat> in my life coaching class. They, they, they talk about SMART goals. And I'm sure a lot of you might have heard about SMART goals. Um, there's a document right there. I'm going to bring it in the screen there. Um, a lot of you could have possibly heard the word SMART goal before. And it's really a, a, a great way to set up goals for yourself to where you, you likely won't be setting yourself up for, for failures. Um, let's see if I can get this over here. Make it a little bit bigger. There we go. Uh, hopefully that'll help you read it a little bit better. Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll read it. If you're watching this on on a video feed, then you'll see the document there. I'm gonna go over right now to um, what it says. If you're listening to this, so. This is really helpful, and it, it's a really smart way to set up goals, whether they're business goals or whether they're getting my dog to not bark while I'm doing these goals, um, whatever. So here it is. So smart goals, um, how to dreams are unrefined hopes, cost-free aspirations we might do someday, converting a dream or change objective to a goal is a decision to take tangible steps to pursue it. Goals are specific future targets that we are committed to becoming or accomplishing in an action-oriented, time-specific way. Time-specific is the key, right? Uh, so number one is to choose a goal, to choose a dream, right? Choose a dream from, um, there's a list, LR21, but just choose whatever your dream might be. Dream inventory worksheet and convert it to a clear, specific goal using the uh, definition above. You can use one of your top five or next five or take an existing goal you've been working on already that you want to bring into your focus. The alternate. If you are creating a growth goal, choose an area of your life you want to work on with your coach. Then try to define the outcome you are after. What will what will the change you want to make look like in concrete 
turns. So two, make it smart, make it smart, and it's S M A R T, all capitalized with periods between the letters. Smart goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time specific. Time specific. Use the definitions below as a guide for refining your goal, then record it on on a, on a worksheet. So specific examples. A goal is specific specific when you can describe it concretely to others. Example: I want to be I want to be wealthy. It's not is not a specific goal. How much money is that? I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40, or I want to be able to retire at my current income when I'm 60 is specific. Okay, so you want a very specific goal, not you don't want to leave you don't want to leave it open-ended. Okay, measurable. You need to be able to tell when you've accomplished it. Example: I want to be a better pastor is not a measurable goal. How do I know when I'm better? I want to improve my pastoral skills by completing a coaching certification this year is a measurable goal. Attainable is A. It can't be a pipe dream or something unrealizable. Example, I want to take a second honeymoon on our anniversary this year. It's probably probably unattainable if you are seven months into a pregnancy and your anniversary is in two months. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's got to be relevant. A goal is relevant when it's important to you, when it references your values. Example, I want to be making all of our payments on time by December is a relevant goal for someone who is in financial difficulty and is tired of it. And then the last one for, for T is time specific. Goals are not open-ended. They are dates. They have dates attached. Example, I want, I want to start a home for unwed mothers. It's not specific. Well, I want, to, I want to get the training I need and start a home for unwed mothers in the next five years is specific. So um, that document's up here um, for you to see. If you want it, a copy of it, you can, two, two ways, you can email me at courageousheelers at gmail.com, courageousheelers at gmail.com. And I'll send you a copy of it, or you can simply uh, Google Smart Goals, and you should be able to find one on the internet as well. So, um, I used I'm using that now to set up my goals because I can I can be I can set up goals that are very open ended, like I have in the past, and nothing ever gets done. And I got several goals right now I'm, I'm working on, so I. I'm going to use it to set up my goals as well. So, so anyways, I hope that helps a little bit with expectations. Um, be careful with your expectations because people will let you down. Remember, uh, expectations are just no, no, you know, really nothing more than than an assumption, and an uh, assumption makes an ass out of you and me. And expectations, like they say, are resentments under construction and. You don't need resentments in your life. It's, it's, I'm more at peace when I just, I don't take things personally. And I don't expect people to do things um, that I know they're incapable of doing. So 
be careful of those. So I hope this helps. Take what you want. Like I always say, take what you want from this. Leave the rest. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, morning, evening, night, wherever you're at, whatever time it is that you might be watching this. Love you all. Goodbye. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. <laughs>